You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. GameStop. Power to the Slayers. It's the place where neither you nor your full-priced games will get out alive. This is Darkness Prevails, the place to share your true stories with the world, because this world is a strange one. GameStop is the new Blockbuster, a chain of stores steadily in decline. Now that games are bought and sold more and more digitally every day, in its time, GameStop has made a name for itself as one of the most scummy places to buy from, trade from, or even work at. So let's see how far the rabbit hole goes with these allegedly true horror stories from GameStop. Remember, you can share your true stories with us with the links in the description, and check out morbidmonsters.com for some cheap and creepy clothes. Real quick, here are the first five comments from my previous full video. Undertaker Guy comments, here's my creepiest true story, my crappy grades in school. I'm surprised I passed at all, considering how much I slept in class. Bala23 says, Hey, what up, darkness? Just trying to stay valid on a massive platform like this one. Reaper Tells says, Yes, dude, keep up the good work. Thank you kindly. Maybe 2018 will be the year of the views. Maybe. King Thanos profoundly proclaims, Potato, thank you for that. And Blue Tag Schulberg says, Happy New Year, everyone. Right back at ya. This year I hope to lose some weight and gain some scares. Now, let's get on to those GameStop horror stories. Number one, 
Why I Quit Working at GameStop, submitted by Terry C. There was a time in my life I wish I could have forgotten, or at least skip over. It was before I scored a gravy job behind a desk, drawing like I did as a kid. I worked at my local GameStop, a retail chain I'm sure you've heard much about. Not much good, though, probably. They paid me eight bucks an hour to make sure people walked away mad or gave us their new $60 games for nine bucks. I worked on holidays, I worked 55 hours a week, and I dealt with the worst kinds of people that existed. At least they let us demo the games, though, sometimes. Now, imagine, if you will, what you would do in a situation similar to mine. It was an early morning, and I'd had hardly any sleep the previous night. No breakfast, either. Nothing to drink. I barely had time to throw an ounce of Listerine in my mouth, all so I could get ready for work, which would just mean me standing for four hours in an empty store, save for my coworker, until our primetime hours hit. Before then, the store was mostly empty. But this day, unlike my usual boring day of sifting through the inventory and listening for absolutely no customers coming through the door, there was already someone there, standing at the entrance before the place even opened. I rolled my eyes and hoped that I could get this one to sign up for the rewards program. You know, so I didn't lose my job. We had a quota for that kind of thing and no one ever wanted to sign up. The guy at the door appeared to be in his late 40s. He had the look of a desperate father. Right away, I assumed the poor fellow's angry kid was at school and making him return the broken copy of Overwatch or something. Excuse me, I'll get you right on in there, sir. I said with a fake warmness in my voice. Hey, I might have hated my job, but I wasn't gonna show it. I looked him in the eye the way I always did when I talked to a customer, and he looked right back, but he didn't nod. He didn't say anything and didn't acknowledge that I spoke to him at all. Instead, he sort of grunted. I could see his chin quiver and his cheeks tremble as if he was ready to scream at any moment. It freaked me out. Before I could reach to unlock the door and let him in, I saw that under his coat, he was holding something sharp, a blade of some kind, and he had it pointed at my torso. When he saw that I saw what he had, he forced it forward quickly. At the same time, I jumped and yelled, but my back was against the glass door now, and there was nowhere for me to go. Luckily, the man stopped his own hand halfway between his elbow and my stomach, as if he suddenly changed his mind, suddenly decided that I wasn't worth doing this to today. Instead, he turned around and sprinted away from me. I watched him climb in an old off-yellow Toyota sedan, then he drove away. Immediately, I called the cops to report what happened. They showed up and took my statement, asked me to stop by the headquarters later to give them a description of the guy, as they didn't have the artist on hand. Then they left, left me there to pretend that things were normal. Nope, I immediately texted my manager. I was just a shift supervisor, 
and I told him I was not doing this today. Then I got back on the highway to go home. When I was maybe five minutes away from home, my mind racing and silent at the same time, it was weird. Someone ran me off the road. I was going well over 70 when some jerk hit my back left fender, forcing me into the ditch. As I cursed under my breath, I saw the car that had done it speeding away down the road. It was the same one from the parking lot, an off-yellow Toyota sedan. The events of that day were terrifying and jarring, and I wasn't entirely sure if I was ever in any mortal danger, really, but I can tell you now that it woke up something in me, told me that I could be alive one second and gone the next at any moment, even on a daily routine as mundane as my own. It told me I should be doing more with my short life than being paid hardly anything to rip people off. So, if I had to say anything here, it would be this. Don't let it get as far as I did. Don't wait until you're cornered by a weirdo with a blade to realize you're meant for better things. Thank you for listening. Number two. The GameStop Stalker, submitted by Neon Horizon. This is my reason why I don't go to GameStop anymore. I don't even normally go to stores. I just don't like dealing with people often, so I do most of my shopping online when I can. I do make exceptions for my niece though. I don't see her very often. But when I do, I like to spoil her by taking her shopping and letting her pick out whatever she wants. This time, it was a Pokemon game and some custom DS styluses. We drove over to GameStop. When we entered, there were a few other people, mostly older guys just looking at games or loitering in conversation. I get nervous in any social situation, so I steered clear of them and ushered her over to the Pokemon games. Now, this is where it gets creepy. Being the oldest of four, I'm very protective of people younger than me. I'm also acutely aware of when I'm being watched. I could see the guy hovering around the counter for a while. He was a chubby man with a shaved head, wearing that GameStop lanyard that employees wear. He looked vaguely familiar, but I shrugged it off. The day wasn't about paranoia, it was about treating my niece, so we ignored the guy and kept looking for some games. She was trying to decide which one she wanted when he finally walked over to us. That's when I recognized him. This guy had been in some of my classes at the community college but there, he always wore a hat. It was hard for me to recognize him because of that. It's weird how much that can change a person's appearance. Anyway, I saw him coming up to us and prepared my usual, we're just looking excuse, that usually made salespeople walk away. Is this your daughter? He joked. My niece was 12 at the time and I'm in my 20s. Even if it was a joke, it was pretty lame. But I gave a fake smile, because while I don't like dealing with people, 
I still try my best to be polite. I didn't want to talk to him more or offer an explanation of her being my niece. I just wanted this interaction to be over with. So I steered her over to the styluses, telling her that we would get the game that was compatible with mine so that we could trade Pokemon. But the man still followed us, pulling out his phone. Hey, so you're on Facebook, right? I nodded hesitantly, but I was still trying to focus on getting the styluses in game and getting out of there as fast as possible. So, uh, which one are you? I didn't answer. I instead watched my niece pick out some styluses she liked, and we went up to the counter to deal with a different employee. The whole time, this ex-classmate of mine just kept looking at us, and it really worried me, especially when I saw him looking towards my niece. As we were leaving, he gave me this smile. It was a little too friendly. That was the day I decided to never go back to that store. Of course, the story doesn't end there. When I got home, I saw that he had sent me a friend request on Facebook, along with several messages. Between leaving GameStop, dropping off my niece at her dad's house, and arriving back at my own home, he had sent me at least half a dozen messages. They started off as sort of normal. Things like, hey, or I've seen you in a few of my classes, or what kind of games do you play? Then they started to get weird. What are you doing later? Do you have class later? Do you live in the dorms? Would you like to get coffee with me when my shift ends? We'd hardly spoken in that store, and I never spoke to this guy in class. Not to mention, at the store, I was wearing my engagement ring with large, very noticeable black diamond on it. Either he didn't see or he didn't care. I didn't want him to get the wrong idea, so I just finally replied with, I'm with my fiance. Satisfied that that was the end of it, I pushed it to the back of my mind until he messaged me back a few hours later with what was easily the creepiest thing he could have said. Your friend was really cute. Is she on Facebook? My niece was 12, and she's small for her age, as in she's petite and looks around eight years old. What in the world is wrong with this guy? This gave me the creeps even worse than when he had been staring at us in the store. There was something psychologically wrong with him. Thankfully, this all happened around the end of the semester. I didn't have any classes with him again after this, and I never went back to GameStop, though I did hear around the grapevine that he eventually got fired for flirting with a middle school girl. I'm just extremely glad he didn't try to do anything to my niece that day. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. 
June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Number three, why I don't go to GameStop. Submitted by Tyler. I rarely go to GameStop, and when I do, it's only because every other place is closed or I'm in a hurry. This happened on Christmas Eve of 2017, so a little over a week ago. I just bought my Nintendo Switch, and I finally had more money again to buy a game. Looking online, every other store that sold games was closed at the moment, no big deal. I'll just get in and get out as quickly as possible because GameStop doesn't close for Christmas Eve. That's how I thought it would go, quick and easy. I hopped in my car and made my way to the nearest GameStop. I walked in and began to browse the small selection of Nintendo Switch games they had. But the store was extremely busy that day. There were about 30 people in that 800 square foot store. I sighed and quickly grabbed a copy of Super Mario Odyssey and got in the long, long line. I was standing in line for at least 15 minutes when two shady looking men came inside the store. They seemed to be in their late 40s or early 50s at the very most. The two men began looking around at various games and collectibles while awkwardly looking around at other people every few seconds. After a little over a minute of them doing this, one of the men goes up to the only cashier working the store and whispers something in their ear. I was too far back in line to hear anything, but I knew something was about to go down. The other guy walks over to where I'm standing in line and just stares at me and then to the young woman in front of me. Then it all happened at once, suddenly, I'm elbowed hard out of the way, and due to my size, it sends me flying to the ground, disoriented, hurting, and out of breath. When I look back up, the woman that had been in front of me was being dragged out of the store, 
hand over her mouth by one of the men, while the other stared at all of us, making sure we didn't try anything. He had his hand in his pocket, as if ready to pull out something to end our lives with if we did try, and nobody did. I felt like I was in some messed up nightmare. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I could hear her kicking and screaming and crying, begging for her life, but all I could do was stare at the ground in shock. The next moment is something that I'll never forget. There's a loud pow that rings deafeningly through the air. I look up, the woman's on the ground, and the two men are running away, one of them limping. Then a police officer rushes over, still in uniform, and checks to see if the woman is okay. By some miraculous chance, there was a cop just outside the store, walking around, and that's the only reason that woman wasn't taken on Christmas Eve. I don't know what the men were trying to do, especially in a room with 30 other people. What were they going to do with her, and why did they want her so bad? My advice to anyone reading this or listening would be to keep your guard up. This can happen to anyone, anywhere, and almost each and every time this does happen, you're going to be powerless as to what to do. Number four, GameStop Horror Story. This happened at the GameStop I work at. It was a Saturday night. I got called in to work from 5 to 10 p.m. that day. I decided I was fine with this. That meant more money and a time that I desperately needed it. So I went in, had a very rough five hours due to how busy the store got, and when closing time came, I began to restock the games, merchandise, and accessories. There were two other people in the store with me, one of my managers, who I developed a friendship with, and another coworker who I also was kind of close to. They were Felix and Bryce, respectively. Bryce and I were vacuuming the carpet and putting things back on the shelves that had fallen. On the other hand, Felix was counting the money at the register. Everything was very, very quiet and going particularly well with no interruptions until the phone began to ring. Now it was probably a customer and since we closed at nine and it was 9.30ish, we didn't answer it. The ringing continued until it finally stopped and we just went about our business trying to close down the store. It always takes about half an hour to clean up everything. But the phone rang again almost immediately. This time, Felix decided to answer, just to satisfy whoever kept calling. Hi, thank you for calling GameStop. How can I help you today? Bryce and I stopped what we were doing to listen to what was going on. The look on Felix's face kind of shook me. Out of the silence, all he said was, yeah, I'll let my employees know, and we'll talk about it. Both Bryce and I asked him immediately, once he hung up the phone, what was going on. What Felix told us was chilling to say the least, but it didn't make sense. Felix said, there's someone calling every GameStop in the area, threatening to rob one of them. He said he was targeting this one specifically, 
We don't know if it's a joke or if it's serious, but we need to act like it's serious. So we need to lock the back door and be careful. Joke or not, we're not going to take any chances here. Felix told Bryce and I to go into the back room and to double check that the huge metal alarm door was in fact locked and to shut it all the way if it wasn't. As he was saying this, the phone began to ring again and Felix answers right away with the thought that it was the same person he was talking to before. As he answered, there was no one on the other end. Absolute silence. After Felix hung up, they called right after again, like not even a second later. Felix, of course, picked up again and greeted them with, thank you for calling GameStop, and it was the same silence. Felix hung up once more, but again, they called back. Felix would pick it up and greet them, but he would hear nothing. This continued for two or three more times. It got to the point that Bryce would answer the phone just to pick it up and press the end button. Whoever they were, they had their number shown on our phone. After calling and getting rejected, they stopped. Everything began to calm down. One of the last things I had to do was take out the trash to the back. As we were about to put the key in to unlock the huge metal alarm door in the back, the phone rang again. Bryce looked at me in pure fear. He and I didn't know what to do or think. Since Felix was on the floor and we were in the back room, we didn't know if he had picked up, rejected, or if the person calling had hung up themselves. So Bryce and I ran out the back door and threw the stuff away and ran back inside. I know we shouldn't have gone out there, especially after that threat. Maybe we were foolish. As we locked the door again and made our way back to the front floor, where Felix was, in a hushed yell, Felix tells us to lock everything down, to turn off the lights and duck behind the counter. In a panic, we did everything he said without question. And for the next half hour, we were on lockdown. Then we get another call and Felix picks up and whispers a hello. On the other end was the branch manager of our GameStop. His name was Cody. Cody goes on and tells us that the police got involved and that they got the guy and everything was safe. Cody goes and mocks whoever this guy was and says he was stupid enough to use his real phone number. We never got the guy's name and I don't really care. But the next day when I had to cover another evening shift and close, both Bryce and Felix and I got the full story as to what happened. You see, the police caught the guy snooping around the front and the back of the store, and he was loaded down with enough firepower to take down a whole army. There's no doubt in my mind that if the police hadn't caught the guy, if the guy hadn't been stupid enough to not hide his phone number, the three of us wouldn't be alive anymore, and that store would probably be in pieces. And number five, my ex-girlfriend stalker, submitted by Orlando S. I'm a big console gamer, so you can often find me going to GameStop, shopping for games or trading something in. At the time, I had just broken up with my girlfriend. 
We'll call her Rain. Rain was, well, she was crazy. She never let me hang out with my friends, let alone the ones that were female. She wouldn't even let me talk to my own cousins that were female. After six months of dealing with this crap, I finally broke it off with her. Fast forward three weeks, I found out that the game I was looking for was finally available at GameStop and it would sell out pretty fast. So I rushed to the mall wanting to get the game. The GameStop wasn't busy at all and it was a Monday morning. Just before entering the store, I bumped into someone and that someone was my friend L. Let me guess, running to go get such and such game, she asked. She knew me pretty well. You know it, you wanna tag along? I said in a rush, letting her know I really needed to go. Sure, I'm not doing much. Do you think they have it? She asked as we walked into the store. Definitely. Well, I hope they still have it. We looked around the big store and finally found it. I was about to walk towards where my best friend was when I saw her. Rain, standing in front of the GameStop entrance, motionless. She was watching me. I pretended not to see her. I kept a smile and excited look on my face and walked up to the counter ready to check out. I bought the game and Elle and I walked out of the store. I let out a breath of relief to see that Rain wasn't there anymore. Hey, you okay? Elle asked. Well, did you see her? Rain, I mean. She was standing at the front of the store just watching us. Do you think she was looking for me? I asked, a little bit panicked. Nah, don't worry about it. I'm with you. Power in numbers, remember? Elle said, trying to bring up my mood. I smiled and we began walking around the mall when Elle realized she left her keychain at the GameStop. Can't we just go buy a new one? I'll pay for it. I whined a little bit anxious about heading back to the GameStop. No, that it was a limited edition keychain. Fine, I said, let's go. We walked back to the store and I told Elle that I'd wait at the entrance and she said she'd be fast. I rolled my eyes because I know when Elle says she'd be out quickly, she means I don't know where I left it, so it might take a while. Who is she? I jumped at the sudden voice next to me. What the, Rain, why are you even here? Why do you care? It was Rain and her face was only inches from mine. I could smell her nasty unbrushed mouth because you're my boyfriend and you shouldn't be sleeping around with people like her. What, we broke up weeks ago and she's my friend. I grew angry and my voice was beginning to rise. I know where she lives, she said. I told you you can't talk to anyone but me, even if I gotta make sure they can't talk at all. And in a moment of surprise and disbelief, Rain wrapped her sharply nailed hands around my neck and tried to choke me. It was then that Elle basically collided with Rain, forcing her off of me but also forcing a huge gouge from her nails into my neck. I covered my wound and Elle and I ran down the escalator and escaped the mall. 
Once we were in my car and we locked the doors and drove away, L asked me, what is wrong with her? And I had to be honest. I said to her, I don't know, because I really don't know. A few nights later, we found out Rain finally got arrested. She had gone off the deep end, apparently trying to take out one of her other exes with a nail file. She's still in jail, and I hope she stays there. Otherwise, she'll probably be back on my trail, formulating some sort of psychotic plan to get back at me. GameStop used to be a cool place for me. As a kid, it was the place I could spend some allowance money on a new Game Boy Advance game. But after losing 90% of my games just to afford one or two new ones, I finally learned that it was just a business, a business out to extort me for my money and games. Luckily, that was as far as my awful GameStop experiences went, but I can't say the same for everyone. Because when you make people mad, especially your customers and employees. Sometimes mad people do some crazy things. So next time you're at GameStop for whatever reason, just remember, there might be some very vengeful people coming to the store today as well. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget to share your stories with us with the links in the description. Also, a huge shout out goes out to my newest patrons. They are Zachariah Erickson, Dorothy Marie Richardson, Jessica Waite, and Mark Rudman. Thank you all so much for going out of your way to support this channel with that little extra. I'm definitely going to be needing it this January and tax season. To all of you out there still listening, stay safe and stay creepy.